It's game time. Bill and T and talking sports. You're listening to the Game Day T podcast mm-hmm. with your host, Say my name, D. Gill. Hey, everybody! It's D. Gill here, coming at you with another episode of the Game Day T. I am so happy to do this podcast every single week for you on Tuesdays. And if you enjoy this podcast and my past podcast, uh, let me know. Let me know how I'm doing. Any topics that you want to hear, uh, reach out to me. I'm very open and my DMs are open for the good type of DMs are open now. Don't don't be coming to my inbox <laughs> acting all crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so any past episodes that you've missed, shame on you. But here's how you can catch up on them. Uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, search out sports, the game day tea. You can find all my episodes right there. Today, I have a wonderful tale of a coming out story. And I want to talk about the triumph of the coming out story. But I also want to talk about the hardships of what people of the LGBTQ community uh, go through in order to come out and feel comfortable with ourselves. And uh, today I have a no stranger to the out sports family, uh, Alex Plink. I say your last name right? Yep, you're good. All right, Alex. Uh, You can find his story out at outsports.com, and I'll link it in the description as well. However, I want people to literally hear it, because when you hear it from somebody's uh, voice, it it has a little bit more meaning to it, I think. And Alex, welcome to the game day, T. I'm so happy to host you today. Appreciate it. Appreciate having me. All right, so let's get right into it, okay? When did you first start knowing that uh something was different because i think that kind of happens within a lot of people in our community we we see what we see on tv we hear what people tell us what we should do hey you got a girlfriend yet you got a boyfriend yet whatever but we're like "Mm, we lie we lie we say oh don't worry about it (laughs) ha ha chuckle chuckle what was it like for you you know, it's interesting because I feel like for a lot, and I can't speak on everybody, but I, I feel like for them, it, it's a switch where you know exactly then that, you know, you're you're gay or you feel more comfortable as a man or a woman. For me, it was more gradual. And I don't know if that was just me in my brain because the mind does unbelievable things mm-hmm. and that can play tricks on you. So I don't know if there was denial, just subconsciously denial, but to me, it was more gradual where I started deviating towards liking guys around, I think it was when I started really noticing it was early high school. So I was maybe like 15 or 16 um, and I started just kind of like, oh, you know, this guy kind of looks good looking mm-hmm. and you know you you kind of have those curiosities but you wonder if it's just a phase yeah. or is it real life and then you know for certain you know and then for girls I was like yeah you know they they look hot and I'm sure that just because you're gay you can't say girls hot I mean I agree I just that's just how but then the more and more I started paying more attention to guys than I did girls and then when I went to college then that's when I kind of 
was thinking. And then it's such a long process because I am so career oriented Mm -hmm. that I just blocked it all out. That's why I was so late to the game because I blocked all of that sexuality out. I was like, go in, I do my job. Um, I want to be a broadcaster in the business. That's what I'm going to do. And that's not always a good thing because you have so much repression going on. Mm -hmm. But I would say to answer your question, probably (laughs) early high school was like the first time that I actually thought like, you know what, there's something possibly. Now, did you have to hide who you were? Did you act like you were even trying to get girlfriends or did you kind of stick to yourself and just like kept your feelings to yourself? It was all career oriented. I was not interested in a relationship. And honestly, I wasn't comfortable with myself, not just from being gay, but just I I am on the heavy side. So Mm -hmm. I was just not comfortable with myself. And so I didn't even make an attempt. Mm -hmm. And in college, so you went to the University of North Texas, correct? Go Mean Green. Yep. Yeah. Hey, you know what? North Texas, shout out to uh, Jalen Darden and what's his name? Noble, the defensive tackle. They're going to be coming out in the 2021 draft. There are some two explosive athletes. I think they're going to get drafted pretty high. So shout out to North Texas. Y'all are doing a good thing in football. That's about all I know is football. But uh... <laughs> Well, and we finally have a NCAA tournament victory on our under our belt so i will take that with pride there you go uh so now we're in texas i mean now well you're in texas but now in college did those male inklings get even more because i know for me like in high school i dibbled and dabbled but college it was like hey girl hey (laughs) (laughs) like ooh, i am away from parents i am talking to people you know like let's go what was it like for you though in college I, I, you know what, that's one of the big regrets I have is I didn't get the full college experience and it wasn't, I didn't take advantage of the college experience. Let me say that because I was given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I just, and when I say like the full college experience socially, I was very, not just closeted with sexuality, but just closeted socially. Mm-hmm. I was doing my own thing and I was not a very social individual. And some of it was because I just wasn't, I wasn't happy with myself and just everything in general. Like I just wanted to go do what I need to do, become what I wanted to be. And that's it. And that's something that I wish I would have done more. And who knows, maybe I would have been happier on a personal level and, you know, maybe I would be more, I would have been more comfortable with my sexuality beforehand. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things. So I was not a, I mean, when I would walk to class, yes, there would be a couple of dudes that I would kind of keen on. (laughs) Um, Maybe one day if I saw somebody, I would kind of, you know, go to, go to class, but I'd take the longer way. Mm -hmm. But I, I wasn't really like, interested interested and it wasn't until like the third i think it was a third year where i kind of those feelings just kind of got more and more gradual yeah and uh you know some some people are listening if you identify it straight you know 
you probably had something in that similarity whether it was your weight or acne or whatever it was where you just didn't feel like you were even up to part to even talk to people or explore uh your own sexuality and it's just a lot of we think it it's like oh high school is where all that happens alex but no college is like the mm-hmm. same way i we we don't know what we're doing college either sometimes like you're still young adults in college and adulthood kind of- too i mean it, it happens oh, yeah. all throughout i still i i will admit i still have those feelings because and yes the easy solution to that is to lose weight and mm-hmm. i have every intention to do that it just it just can't get, i just can't get it going and that's my fault mm-hmm. like i take full responsibility in that mm-hmm. and you know, I don't want people to think, you know, oh, you could just lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that is something that is on me that I take responsibility for. But still ever in like a bar situation, it's you, you feel like you're all, you know, that you're going to strike out and you don't even want to take that chance. Right. And, and I think just in college too, not only with my weight issues, but I'm not a very social person. And then to top it to boot, being uh, gay, it, it's it's a trifecta. I've, I felt like it was a trifecta of failure. So much so that you reached some low points mm. in your life. What was it like being the lowest of the low with everything you were dealing with? It, you know, it, it just, I'm trying to think back at that exact time because it was a lot of repressed emotions. And I'm talking like I, as I mentioned, I'm a private individual. I don't really showcase my feelings. I may come into work. I may come into a social setting and I'm have smiles. I feel, you know, on the outside, it may look like, you know, I'm just a chill dude, but I'm fuming on the inside i'm in sadness and anger and all of that it just doesn't show mm-hmm. and add that and take that and multiply that or of about 15 16 years of built up eventually it's going to spur out and i think at the lowest of the low i it, back in 2018 i remember you know, it's just like something that just kind of surfaced and just uh, that's when the volcano just bursted. And I wasn't happy where I was at. It was about four, it was like three years plus graduating from the University of North Texas. I felt like my window for my degree was gone mm-hmm. and I had lost that. Um, and it just was kind of like, I asked myself, like, what am I even doing here? Like, like, why? You know, I'm not, I took all of this time, all of this social opportunity, pushed that aside for a career that I wanted to, and I'm not even doing anything that I wanted to do in my career. And so what am I doing? And ultimately it was just like, let me just, should I just put it out of misery? And then it's like, well, now being not only confused with that, but being confused about being gay. Yeah. Like, I, I, I will say, like, my sexuality was a part of the reason of my lowest. I don't want to say it was the reason. It, there's a lot of things that, 
that come to flourishing on there. Mm-hmm. But I think it was part of it. And honestly, at that point, up until, and I'll be honest, like up until July of 2018, which was about three months after, nobody knew. I'm, I, and I mean, nobody, like, absolutely no family, no, no nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, again, private. And that's not always a good thing because you just, you got to talk to somebody. And that's ultimately where I started making improvements. And I just, at that time, you know, I was like, you know, what if, if I were to pull, if I were to pull that blade in, you know, yes, everybody would be sad, but would it just come and go? And would that be, would that be it? And would anybody really truly miss me? Yeah. That's the question. We have to take a quick break, but don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back before you can even sing, take me out to the ball game. Welcome back to the Game Day Tea. I am your host, D. Gill, and I am talking to Texas Ranger media writer, Alex Plink. It's interesting because we, like you said, we see everyday people at work. We have no idea what they go through, Alex. Right, I right. I mean, these, the FedEx shooting that happened this, this past week, you know, eight people died. And I was thinking to myself, gosh, what made that person just ultimately snap? Not enough to be angry, not enough to curse somebody out, not enough to hit somebody, not enough to hit somebody and injure somebody, not enough to shoot at someone, but they shot and killed eight people. What were they going through that we everybody missed that we just did not know to, that led them to that decision and it's sad because some of those eight people probably didn't have anything to do with what that person no. went through you no. know and and so i am so glad to hear that i am hear your voice yeah today you know because uh we know in our community the suicide rates especially for teens of the lgbtq community you know, are very high. And so I'm so glad I'm talking to you today and people can people that are listening, we've been through similar stories with that. I've, I did attempted self-harm before, you know, because of what I was going through with myself in high school and it's tough. And I think we need to tell more people the story so we can get help. We can have more people wanting to help our community even more, you know, or make more resources available. So even if you're not out, you can come to that in private. Anonymously. So it's just, uh, it's, I'm so glad I'm talking to you. And I'm so glad that you got your career going. I know if you're listening to this podcast so far, we haven't mentioned what your career is. And I purposely didn't ask you that mm-hmm. until now, because it is so cool. Uh, this is a sports podcast. So Alex, please share to, to our listeners right now, what do you do in the sports world? I am covering my third season. I've covered the Texas Rangers for a blog called Dallas Sports Fanatic. And when I say cover the Texas Rangers, I mean like I go all out. So mm-hmm. um, this past three-game series against the Baltimore Orioles, there for all three at Globe Life Field, got a chance for the World Series NLCS. So got to see the Dodgers hold it down. Mm-hmm. Um 
all, all of that that's been going on in the Texas Rangers world. That's I'm, I'm your boy for that. Where can they find like your articles and uh, view your content? DallasSportsFanatic.com slash Texas-Rangers, or you could just go to DallasSportsFanatic.com and there is a Rangers tab there. Um, and, you know, I, I make sure that I let everybody know, you know, what's going on on there. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's been good. It's been hard the last two years with all of the Major League Baseball protocols, mm-hmm. but that doesn't stop us. There that you doesn't go. stop us. I love that. So you're in your career, you're doing the damn thing. And now you feel a little bit more confident. Yep. You feel like, you know, I'm done fighting with myself inside of who I am. What made you come out? I think ultimately, so about three months after what happened at the lowest, mm-hmm. Around that time, I had the, there was, I was talking to, I think my, my mom knew there was a problem. She just didn't know what the problem was. Mm -hmm. And she was like, why don't you get some help? And that's ultimately what I did. And, and the reason I was so private is that I didn't, I had a hard time trusting people Mm -hmm. just in general. And partly because I didn't trust myself. And so in order to trust somebody, you have to trust yourself. And I didn't even get that point. But the fir- I remember the first session I went to, this was my second time doing therapy. The first time was in college. And I don't know if any gay person can has had this happen before, but I stopped after two sessions during my first time with counseling because the um, counselor that I went and saw Mm-hmm. I was a little attracted to him. I will be honest. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? This isn't going to work. Yeah. I, I am not going to concentrate. This mm-hmm. is not going to get anywhere. And that was at the point where I was confused about my sexuality, yeah. whether it was bi, whether it's gay, whether it's straight. And ultimately I was like, I just can't do this. Yeah. And so I stopped, but then this go arounds mm-hmm. first session, I blurted it out because coming into there, I was like, listen, if I'm going to get anywhere emotionally, I have to break down all the barriers mm-hmm. and I just have to go all out. Yeah. I, I can't hold anything back yeah. because everything is confidential. And if I hold anything back, it's going to be back to square one. Yep. There's not going to be any improvement. So for those, I know some people have had some bad experiences I completely understand, and it is a mixed bag sometimes. It sure is. But I do recommend counseling or therapy or or talking to someone and ultimately talking to strangers too because, you know, sometimes that's the best. Yes. There's no bias involved. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's where it started. The wall started being broken down. Then in 2019, I, one day at work, I went to one of my coworkers and I didn't blurt it out. I, I did, this is, this is sometimes with my mind. I try to do like riddles. Okay. So I was like, 
I, I went there and I was like telling him about, you know, I, I a normal conversation, but then I started using, instead of, you started using like pronouns of he instead of her, like talking about like relationships yeah. to see maybe did he catch on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not blurting it out like, but mm-hmm. he did he catch. Right. He didn't say anything. Like mm-hmm. he didn't say anything out of the ordinary. So yeah. I was like, okay. Am I overthinking? Am I being too, I guess, I, I don't know what the word I'm thinking of, but <laughs> it, it, am I, am I, um, do I really need to like make it a, a guessing game? Yeah. And so I went to him the next day and I said, you do say, and he said, yeah. So he knew, like hmm. he knew based on what I said, mm-hmm. but he just didn't care. There you go. And then it rolled into, a couple of uh, instances with uh, some other media members in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what led to there, but like one of the guys asked me who I'm, who I'm really good friends with, um, you know, he whispered like, are you gay? And I'm like, yeah. And good for you. I, I came out to somebody else on uh, one of the other media members yeah. and it was like, you know, I'm honored you told me. And it just kept piling up. Yeah. And then ultimately, uh, then some family members too. Yeah, um, say, how did mom take it? So it was, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that, you know, you have your new year's resolutions. Okay. I came into my 2020 resolution. I said, I think it was like two days before mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? My new year's resolution is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to come out to my parents. Mm-hmm. Midnight rolls around nine hours later, as in 9 a.m. on January 1st. So I don't know if that's a record break in doing your New Year's resolution. Right. But it took nine hours for that to happen. Well, hey, I wanted to lose a couple pounds, so I'm I'm past that, too. Oh, nice. Nice. And that's pretty much one of the one of the uh, positive things that happened in 2020. <laughs> all things considered. There you go. That's amazing. Um, so you know, and there were, I kind of expected. You know, I mean, I, I I think based on I think if the parents would have been like, oh, okay, yeah. then I think we may have a small little problem yeah, no. because I mean, I don't. I don't like to think of me like, and this is again, stereotypes that, that hurt mm-hmm. things, but I don't think I quote unquote fit the part. Mm-hmm. So if someone's like, or if my parents were like, oh yeah, yeah. Then I'd be like, whoa, wait a second. So parents had no clue. No, no. Wow. Every, and, and honestly, everybody I told, they, I never, so the only person that actually, because I started being more, I guess, cognizant of LGBT. And when I told him, he was like, I kind of knew because you've been kind of a little bit more into you're either you're either gay or you're really into the LGBT cause. And he's like, you're never into causes. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, there we go. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, every, I mean, Honestly, everything was either okay or positive. There, and and that's what I like to hear. You know, uh, it's that 
the the good stories. Uh, uh, once in a while, we do cover the rough stuff, but uh, like I said, I wanted to co cover the triumph of you coming out, and uh, that's that's amazing that you're as part of the sports media, and you know when you you on Twitter, you're out and proud, and you converse with other people of the LGBT community, and just to see somebody in a role like yours, you know, mm -hmm. writing for the Texas Rangers, it's like we do belong in the sports field. Forget and you're you're in Texas, so I know. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know if you got some slack already on Twitter from some people. I don't know if you experienced any hate or anything like that. Hopefully you haven't. But grow if it's anything like me growing up in Georgia, it's you know gays and sports, uh -uh. it ain't happening. You know, so for you to be out and proud in a part of the sports community in Texas, I really salute salute you, sir. It's funny because one of my things that I always say is um, the stuff I write, mm -hmm. you know, you can agree or disagree on the content of it. So is, you know, Joey Gallo having a better season this year than he is the previous season? If I say yes, you say no. And you say, well, this is why he isn't. I'm, I respect that. Mm -hmm. I'm good with that. But if you say, I don't agree with your opinion because you're gay. I'm like, well, hang on a second. If you've been reading stuff before 2020, mm -hmm. I didn't just all of a sudden <laughs> become gay as soon as I put it out on social media. So yeah, you have a problem. There we go. But but that that's what I always funny that's like how that. I go in. And then you know everybody has been incredibly supportive when I went public to it. Um, you know, media, Rangers media members, uh, part of their community were very supportive. Um, and a few, I don't know how many players actually know. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think a few do, mm -hmm. but conversations are just the same as they were before as they are now. And that's all I, uh, I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but I think that's all what we want. Yeah. It's just conversations to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to be same equal right, same equal rights, uh, you know, and to to let people know that we're just we're human beings, you know, we're not some subdivision of weird alien people that you gotta act all crazy with, you know. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things that attribute to that, you know, religion and all this other stuff. But like you said, we we we're human. And, you know, we just want to be accepted. And I'm so glad we got to talk about that. I do want to ask you, though, as being a, a sports media person, do you feel like there's enough representation within the LGBT community? It's interesting because you wonder how many are actually there. Yes. So you don't know if there's representation there there could be uh, there i mean i would assume that there's at least more representation than there is now mm -hmm. but people just don't want to i mean i think you know it's with any with any like actual sport with any athlete i think there's mm -hmm. a lot more athletes who are mm -hmm. uh part of the lgbt community and they just don't they don't want to be open and to be honest, I, I hate to say it, but part of me doesn't blame them because of, yeah. because of how 
the thing is, is that from a media and, and I'm, I'm bashing the media, so I apologize on this, but <laughs> if someone were to be like in major league baseball, it, we don't, there's currently none right now. So if somebody does, everything is going to be deviated towards there. And unfortunately, because it's such a big deal, mm-hmm. all the focus is going to be on that one player. Yeah. And that can derail a clubhouse pretty quick. And is it, it's not really the player's fault. No. And then, you know, it's, it's hard to get your emotions in order as a, as a team. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit torn on that. So as far as representation, I don't, I think open, maybe there's, isn't as much, but again, if we were to all write anonymous checklists of mm-hmm. are you, I think there would be a lot more. Yeah. Well, you know what, Alex, maybe we can get that going to Outsports. Sid, if you're listening, Don, if you're listening, Alex, if you're listening, Kevin, if you're listening, I know baseball is your thing. Maybe we can hook something up where we just make an article about just anonymous and what it's like. How are you feeling? Let's like a check-in. Hey, yeah. you don't have to be out, but let's just check in and see how you're doing. Yeah. Is it okay if we share your story so more and more people can know you know what you're going through and maybe more organizations can uh, make you feel inclusive and make you feel comfortable you know they may hear derogatory terms or they may whatever the case may be where you're not out you know that's your own personal preference but maybe we can help by setting up some anonymous type of article and i think that would be a really good idea um also alex i i want people to know just picture if you're listening to this and you identify as straight just have you had any moment where, for example, if let's say I am, I'm gay, right? D. Gill's mm-hmm. gay. I'm covering the Atlanta Falcons, my favorite team. I'm not really trying to be out there because what if I have to go in the locker room and do in-person interviews? Mm-hmm. Guys are in their towels. You know, guys mm-hmm. are some, sometimes completely naked at times in the locker room. And you, I can imagine being so nervous walking in the locker room knowing that oh my gosh like if somebody knew about me right now that i would probably be beat up or you know cursed out or whatever like that and you know like if there's any straight people out there listening like do you all go through similar stuff like that on the job now i know women do you know what i mean mm-hmm. especially right. being harassed in the work field you know in the work field sexual harassment uh gender uh inequality and stuff like that but it's a terrible feeling and, you know, so if you do uh, show empathy and sympathize with us, that's that's what a lot of our people, you know, in the sports media world go through. And so, like you said, I don't blame them for not coming out because it's a scary thought to do so. And I will say this, that, yes, my first year in 2019, I was in the Texas Rangers clubhouse mm-hmm. um, on a daily basis. Um, but since I have gone publicly again, due to MLB protocols, mm-hmm. so it has nothing to do with, with me personally. Um, they haven't allowed any media in club since March of 2020, which I came out in June, 2020. But as far as like, I've had one-on-one conversations with players and they are not about that subject, but mm-hmm. it's all been the same. Um, I mean, honestly, nobody has an, and I was talking about this, I think, the other day. And, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing as if a, a straight woman comes into the clubhouse, too. I mean, I feel like it's the 
it, a lesbian it's woman, you know, people right, right, knowing that she's lesbian and right, she gets on too. She's got a double whammy right there. But you know, for me, it's I have a job to do, so yeah. I go in. I have a job to do, um, and if there's a player that I need to talk to that and they're there, you know, you you're polite about it. So mm-hmm. I. So I don't know what it is like now that I'm out because I haven't experienced it yet. Um, hopefully, how, how can I say this? Like, hopefully, hope, and everybody in the media is hoping that mm-hmm. um, it'll, that clubhouses will start opening because that's, you know, part of that. I, I think baseball fans want to see that too, yeah. because you get those personal stories of just players in general. So, Long but, real time. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And stories you did players and certain things that you don't know about certain players. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm hoping that we'll kind of test that. And I'm just expecting it to be like any other day, any, any other day. Um, we'll probably have a party the first time because it's been so long, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, Honestly, I'm just expecting it to be like it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Last but not least, what would you say to any member of the LGBTQ community that is struggling like you did in 2018 to come out and be their true self? What advice would you give them? Just be yourself. And I think for me, like ultimately, one of the reasons why I came out is because it is so grating to every single day kind of hide who you are and just kind of it just it it puts so much stress in your mind and it's such a relief when you can just go out and and be who you are and that doesn't change your personality Mm -hmm. that just I think it brings you more free and so I you know that doesn't change what you like, what you dislike, you know, forget what Hollywood personas are like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have my moments where it's like, yeah, some of the things that, that I'm into. And then uh, on the other side, it's like, you know, it, 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 everybody has their own mold. Mm-hmm. And so I think ultimately, you know, why not just, uh, why not just enjoy everything while you have and and live it to the fullest there you go and you know alex i end every episode by saying be true be you and be fierce and i really want people to do that because i I like that yeah i i I live by that i didn't always live by that i learned how to live by that and it has really helped me out and i i really appreciate your time coming on it's been a wonderful time talking to you i hope everybody listening got something out of this episode, uh, whether it's to empathize with the story and be inspired, whatever it is, you know, um, I hope you do well in the season with your uh, career covering the Rangers. Please be safe because I know the Texas Rangers are like full capacity. Oh right yeah, now. full capacity, forty k <laughs> on op- on the home opener. Yeah, no, no mask in sight really. So just be careful down there. But um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the game day tea. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody. I'll say it one more time. Be you, be true, and be fierce. Bye-bye.